You're listening to the Remote Explorers podcast, a show that allows you to connect, learn, and be inspired by the stories of people who have used the power of remote work to have unconventional experiences in their lives. The podcast is hosted by Mayur and Shahzada, who are experienced and equally curious remote workers. Welcome to Remote Explorers podcast. Today, we have Vanchika Mehta, who is a storyteller and brand consultant uh, in the sixth episode of the podcast. Hi, Vanchika. Hello, hello. It's so lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure and I'm sure our listeners will get a lot of uh, uh, inputs and value out of the podcast. So with me, there is Shehzada, who is my co-host of the podcast. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you, Anshika. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. Uh, we have uh, we have we have a set of lovely questions uh, designed for you, uh, so that our audience could get maximum value of uh, of a brand expert who's on our podcast today, and what what all we could give to the our audience back. Uh, so, Anshika, why don't uh, you give a little introduction about yourself to all the people who are listening to this podcast right now? Sure. So, uh, hi everyone, my name is Vanshika, as you all probably know by now. Uh, I basically am a brand storyteller and a communications consultant. I work with startups um, of all sizes, of all industries to basically convert their thoughts into words and turn it into stories. So I think I am a beautiful piece in the jigsaw puzzle of kind of converting thoughts into uh, emotional, well-thought-out, well-strung-together stories. Um, so I've worked with about 50-plus startups in at this point, um, which is quite a large number considering that I started freelancing a little bit here and there only in, I believe, 2019 and jumped independent fully in 2020 Jan. So it's been quite an interesting journey and uh, I really enjoy what I do and uh, the value that I give to the community and the startups I work with. Uh, Super excited to share all of that and more on this podcast with you guys. Um, You know, I'm really hoping we drive a lot of value to everybody that's listening and uh, I'm really excited to get started with the podcast. So uh, thanks for the lovely introduction. Uh, in the introduction, you talked about uh, moving to part-time freelancing in 2019 and jumping into uh, the, what should I say, the sea the or the The deep end of the pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the deep end of the pool in uh, January this year, right? Uh, so what were the challenges? What were the changes uh, while moving from a nine to five corporate life to freelancing? I think the first change is that you get a lot of uh, less sleep. You don't sleep as much. That is the major change. Uh, that being said, I really think that uh, whatever is written on the internet is helpful, but nothing can really prepare you for the journey you are getting on. Uh, the reason that I started freelancing in 2019 was uh, just to kind of put my feet into the uh, kind of industry and water and CK, like how does it work out? Are people even being paid well? Uh, You know, what kind of stuff is there in the freelance market? Uh, Try to kind of build connections and see, you know, what happens. Um, If you'd asked me in 2019, I would have never imagined that I would be here today, like freelancing for nine, eight months almost, I mean, full time. so it's been quite an interesting journey. I mean, uh, working full-time and freelancing was definitely hard because freelance stuff would only happen after work. Uh, so it was it was quite stressful. But um, when I made the decision to jump independent in Jan, um, I was very, very confident in my decision because I knew that there is a market out there. I knew what skills I could kind of market and I knew how to kind of position myself. Uh, so I think it was a it was a sort of like a test run, which worked out well for me. Um, I made a lot of connections in the industry and obviously had a couple of clients. Uh, so it really worked out well. And uh, 
I guess I'm glad it happened pre-COVID and I kind of got those three months of leeway and then obviously the whole situation happened. But um, I, I would say nothing can prepare you for the change. I mean, if you're used to a nine to five, love your sleep, love routines, love kind of doing things that you know you could probably do after work uh, freelancing and remote working comes with a little bit of sacrifice so you have to be ready for that at least in a couple like initial couple of months um, so yeah it's it's quite a big shift so i would honestly you know tell everybody looking back at my own experience that don't just quit and start freelancing do it a little bit on the side um, see how it is and then make the decision to jump fully independent if it works out for you. Yeah. In the market that is reviving now, things are changing rapidly in the last two months. Uh, so big corporations have also started considering hiring freelancers uh, as a remote work movement is growing every day as we are speaking today. How do you think uh, employers should reimagine their branding or reimagine who they are as a uh, their identity of the brand to attract right remote workers or freelancers in their organizations? Right. That's a really interesting question because coming from like, I, I mean, coming from US, right, I've worked and lived there. So over there, remote is really considered very normal. And, uh, you know, if you want to just work from home, it's not taken as a taboo or anything uh you know i remember i had like sprained my ankle and i couldn't go to work for like two weeks and i worked from home and i had a laptop and it was all very kind of connected and i'd never felt disconnected um but india i think was never used to remote working and not physically being in front of each other um so in that aspect, I think it definitely went through a major shift um, in the way that people started thinking. Um, and given the fact that we're, we're, we're now in August and uh, uh, very few companies have even like opened up and if they've opened up, they've opened up with a lot of uh, sort of uh, barricades around opening up, like, you know, this happens and only this happens and rules and regulations, uh, which are obviously self-imposed as well as government imposed. I think they really had to rethink how work was done. Um, from a remote perspective and kind of prep up to this new normal um so i think uh, now i think honestly at this point like you rightly mentioned um uh, you know bigger companies are more willing to take on freelancers because whether you're a full-time or a freelancer at this point it really doesn't matter where you work as long as you get your deliverables in so work uh, now, obviously, is moving more to the westernized kind of idea of like, hey, you know, you have these five things to do as long as you get them done. I don't care if you get them done at 10 o'clock or 5 o'clock, you know, just get them done. And that's what matters. And quality is now going to be prime, not being in a physical office and being next to each other because that's just not possible. So I think, you know, for freelancers, this is really the time to kind of soar and kind of, you know, put a jetpack on your back and like just go, at, you know, go go after all of the opportunities, um, you know, big, small, medium companies at this point, everybody is equal because by now we're in August and everybody's used to the remote working culture. So I think make use of it, use it to your advantage. Um, you know, one of the quickest hacks to do that is just log into AngelList and, you know, see who all are hiring, reach out to them and say like, you know, hey, I see you're hiring for a marketing manager. I am a freelancer, but I'm happy to help and chip in. Um, you know, honestly, it really doesn't matter. You could be sitting in Bangalore or Delhi and it really doesn't matter at this point. Yeah. Uh, there's one very important, uh, uh, very interesting thing you mentioned while you were back in the U.S., uh, working remotely was normal. And since you came back to India, you did not see that culture here. But now you see the culture evolving because of the COVID crisis. Why do you say this, that uh, India wasn't ready for the remote work uh, movement? And how were the dynamics different when you were working back in the US? And since you've shifted back to India, how was it different? 
and also where uh, where was india lacking in that was it the cultural understanding or was it just uh, a, a a casual excuse that uh, companies were giving to people that uh, we need to be around each other yeah i think that's a great question um so i mean i think i found out the hard way because like i came to realize very soon that i didn't need to be in office every day um even if my office was like 10 minutes from my house i mean i really didn't need to be there i mean everything can happen on phone slack email uh you know just use technology but uh, i think the way that i found out was by really hard resistance from my managers uh you know they were like oh you know we don't do work from home you can you know just take a day off and get a pay cut um and uh, i i think like we were not ready for it and uh, i find that very very strange because uh, you know i i would think that millennials in india and all are used to kind of working from home and you know work happens wherever your laptop is and you have internet like that is the mentality in the us um you could be sitting at a starbucks you could be sitting in office you could be sitting you know on the side of the road and just chilling watching cars like nobody really cares uh but here there was obviously a very rude awakening when i was like can i just work from home and he was like oh no you can't um so i think you know now i think people are getting used to it and uh, you know i think one of the biggest changes that happened you know which uh wasn't there previously for example like you know i have friends who work at like big mnc so they had to get like these secure logins and stuff like which were never there before like they had to actually create infrastructure because covid came in and offices got shut uh whereas you know i would have thought that something like this would have been done very you know very much in advance and uh, should have been there all along like I remember when I was working at this tech company in the US uh with my onboarding I got uh the laptop I believe yeah I think I had a laptop and I had a secure pin sort of a thing to log in and that was given to me on day 1 it was not like oh you know if something happens we'll give it to you um so yeah I think the culture and the approach itself was very very different and uh that being said i mean a lot of people and brands really struggled uh when covid happened because they were really not prepared you know i mean not prepared is also a very like sort of understatement like you know they they were shocked into the fact that like everybody has to work from home uh whereas i mean honestly like i honestly think you know like people should just shut down their offices everybody work remote use the resources that lie all around india like for example like tomorrow if i want to work at byju's or whatever big company take it in bangalore or bombay i don't want to necessarily shift there like what if i just want to live in my house and fulfill my dream of working at like a unicorn startup why can't that be possible um so now this is a possibility right like byju's or any other big company at this point doesn't care where i am and uh, i guess it took a pandemic to <laughs> kind of make remote working normal and let's just for the sake of buzzwords put in the new normal in inverted commas uh, but i'm really liking this new normal that has happened i can't complain <laughs> so vanchika uh, i agree quite a bit you know i i started working remotely in 2014 i worked for an american startup uh with colleagues from us and canada and most people back home did not understand what i was doing so i you know i spent first few months working from my parents place and my relatives used to come and ask them if i have a job or i have lost my job yeah so it was that bad you know it's it's nice that after 6 years of working remotely see that india is moving on and catching with the trend uh and i agree that you talked about you know why should you have to move to somewhere to uh get a job or work for a dream company uh you can also work from place like goa right we have nomad gav here and uh if you feel like going to the beach and 
just living a good life yeah i even heard that bali is super cheap like apparently bali is very remote worker friendly and it like costs i think a thousand two thousand dollars or something to stay there for a month um so yeah i've heard really good things so either bali or goa like i would definitely love to be working on a beach like why not yeah so i spent a few months in bali bali is beautiful uh, bali also has some uh, good co-working co-living places and a uh, good community around so i think <laughs> shehzada had a question about community next right yeah i i was watching one of your interviews uh, and i and i heard you speaking a lot about how has creating virtual communities has benefited you and the people in your community how important it is to add value to other people's life and how that can benefit to you so please throw some light on uh, how can people who are listening to it can create virtual communities and what is the benefit of creating those communities yeah totally so i mean as a business right like building a community around your business has forever been like a goal right like businesses i have communities have loyalists have true fans have people who are you know the insider circle and all of these fancy terms right it's nothing new uh, businesses that have communities generally have a really good branding and are well known because they throw out a lot of value through the community activities and uh, events and all the stuff that they do for all of their loyal users and um, i would also like to say maybe their audience and people who might just be prospects so i think from a business perspective like that's really nothing new but um, now i mean for the last maybe say decade uh you know since something called personal branding showed up and uh, you know virtual communities and webinars and all of this wasn't there before um but now that it is i think it's super important for people to build communities around themselves and communities uh for people are generally driven around common things that people um enjoy talking about or sharing or engaging with so that being said um i really think like obviously you know when you build a personal brand for example you definitely are trying to build a community around yourself and uh, kind of portray yourself as a giver a giver of value someone who can be trusted and so many more kind of words come into personal branding so i think you know personal branding uh, now in the last couple of years has definitely become more and more important which indirectly also means that you're building a community around yourself uh now kind of take that into the freelance and remote worker community right let's just you know for the fun of it say that we are the rebe- like the rebels we are the like you know as steve jobs said the you know square pegs in round holes where the people who you know gave the middle finger to corporate and said like you know i'm going to make my dreams come true on my terms so there is a very kind of binding feeling with everybody that is working remote and is a uh, sort of a gig worker not tied to an organization uh, so there's already that one commonality and then apart from that i mean i'm not the only brand storyteller that exists in the world there are probably millions of others there are millions of other people who care about marketing related things and xyz so i would say you know if businesses can do it obviously they have scale and bandwidth uh, there is no reason for a person to not try and build a community around themselves uh, you know nobody said that you need to start, start with like a goal of having 10000 people you know like um, i think the problem when people start to think of communities for themselves is that they start dreaming too big and then that leads them into a lot of issues um so you know i think it's absolutely possible to build a community around yourself um i luckily have a little bit of events and community experience because that's where i started my career um so i mean i do have to give credit to it and say that that really taught me how to do these things uh that being said i mean i've always loved building communities i think it's very instinctive for me and uh it's something i look forward to and uh 
and I, I look forward to it just because of the kind of thoughts that arise from, you know, the conversations and the interactions. Um, you know, reading an article on Google to me is very boring. Instead, I'd rather call up a friend of mine and say like, hey, you know, I'm stuck here. Can you help me? And that only comes once you build that community and build that trust and sort of uh, relationship, uh, you know, with that person. Um, so that being said, I mean, it's totally possible for people to start communities about things that they are passionate about and then find other people. You know, it's it's almost like a chain reaction. So like, you know, you guys found me. I might refer you to someone else that someone will refer you to someone else. And, you know, the community just grows in a very, very organic manner. And that's the beauty because we as people don't want to invest money into communities. So we have to find the Jagaru way of building a community. And the only Jagar to kind of building a community is through real relationships. There is no other hack to it. I mean, you can't pay someone to come and be a part of your community like that would probably not go well. Um, so, yeah, that being said, I mean, I have one community that uh, is of marketeers. So I basically get them on a kind of quiz show. It's India's first quiz show for marketers. And uh, it's a really fun experience. I host it every two weeks. And uh, yeah, I get to talk to such cool people. And then they bring in their people. Um, so there's never a, uh, never a shortage of great people coming in organically. Um, you know, so it's, it's beautiful to start something around something you're passionate about. All you need to do is find that one thing or two things that you're passionate about. And then find people who also share the same thing. And you know, the community just completely builds organically and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. So uh, me and Shahzada and a couple of our friends, we are passionate about remote work, right? So we are working on some projects around remote work. A remote Explorers podcast is one. Uh, so we have, so far we have recorded uh, five episodes. You are the sixth one. Uh, and uh, many more to come and people... Uh, we have also seen that happening. Like uh, those who were on our uh, podcast, they tell their friends about us. And then uh, I, I guess you also uh, read about Remote Explorers podcast through someone else's wall uh, who was already there on this podcast. And then there is a program Panchayat. Um, so the whole idea behind program Panchayat is to use remote work uh to bring equality or to bridge the urban rural gap uh so as you said uh, you don't need to be in cities or uh any other place for that matter to get your job done all you need is laptop and internet and uh, with pandemic there are millions of people uh, who have realized the power of a laptop and the internet uh, and the internet uh, so we are launching our fellowship on 15th. Uh, the idea is that our volunteers or fellows will spend three months in a village uh, working on their own projects. They'll be connected to internet. Uh, they'll work on their own projects and then they'll spend some time uh, educating the villagers on technology and uh, basic things, uh, everyday things that they can use with their phones and laptops and spend some time also on learning farming and sustainable ways of living so we'll talk more about the you know uh, the fellowship you can also visit the website programpanchayat.com that sounds really awesome because i mean i am super baffled by how cheap data is in india i mean data is so cheap that there's nothing stopping these people from using the internet to their benefit i mean uh, you know it's just it's just amazing how cheap and accessible internet has become in india yeah you have lived in various places uh, various countries do you think that has helped you in uh, uh, getting unique perspective around brands or around storytelling or the way you tell a story for that matter 
Yeah, I I definitely think I have been blessed. I mean, I was born and brought up in Dubai. I started in Boston and now I'm here in India. Uh so it's kind of been a trip around the world in reverse, but uh, that being said, I think it's beautiful in its own way. Um you know, I think uh, you know, I think India is a place that has so much potential and uh I honestly I was having this conversation with my mom recently and I was like you know if I was in Dubai or the US I probably would never have been able to freelance um you know like I you, they're both very expensive places that's just a first and a given um you know I really would have not been able to do what I've been able to do here So I think you know living abroad and working and studying um has really given me a lot of perspective um in terms of um you know the different uh, kinds of experiences I think is what I would say um that being said also I mean uh, obviously you know storytelling writing anything that is like a creative field is obviously extremely subjective uh you know since like I could like some content that I've written maybe you don't like it you know it's a very subjective thing um so yeah I mean I think having the exposure kind of um you know allows me to kind of uh kind of really understand what the customer or you know my client wants um I think you know those kind of things or like even the way you ask questions on a consulting call uh can really make the difference between an average consultant and a really good one um I mean that being said it's something that's totally learnable like I don't think that I possess something that you know is totally like magical unicorn type uh you know i think things uh can definitely be learned and uh you know wherever you're brought brought up wherever you live i mean your goal should always be to be one step better tomorrow than you were yesterday so uh if that goal stays i really think you'd you know become a better human better freelancer better everything so uh experiences yeah definitely have helped and opened my perspective but uh that being said i mean anybody could replace me tomorrow i mean we're moving towards a world where robots might re- replace humans so if that thought doesn't scare you <laughs> i don't know what will so uh yeah i mean totally i think it's it's an, it's a wonderful experience to have lived worked and stayed in you know three different countries so vanchika you talked about uh, uh, the possibility that you would not have been able to freelance in dubai or us uh, so let's talk about some anxieties related to freelancing because i think uh, a lot of our listeners are either freelancers or turning freelancers the first thing that stresses you out after you've decided to make this decision is like where is my first client and how do i make money um i think getting your first client is really an uphill battle uh you know i obviously talked to a couple of people before when i started freelancing ish in 2019 but uh, you know it, it's it's still a struggle till today i mean first is obviously a big 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 struggle uh, that being said it sometimes gets easier sometimes it doesn't um so i think getting your first client is always the biggest kind of struggle and the mental block that every freelancer goes through uh the second thing i think that every freelancer will go through is you know after a point in your journey i mean it could come anywhere you know i would say after the 3 month mark it could happen after 3 years i mean i don't know uh but you know as a freelancer you're always thinking of like you know how can i turn this into a business um you know how do i make passive income how do i triple my monthly income um you know all of these questions can really you know become extremely daunting and i mean i haven't figured it out um you know i would also say i'm still learning but uh, i think these kind of things really keep you up at night like uh luckily you know i live with my grandma and uh, you know so i don't really have to pay for house rent electricity all of that but um you know if you do then there's that monthly fixed income that you have to kind of give away and um you know when you're in a job you're 
certain that like this amount at least will come this month um you know so it's a very different mindset um in terms of when you freelance and when you're working um a full time job another thing that com- comes up a lot with um uh, people in my community and one that i've heard of a lot is uh managing your finances it's extremely stressful like i can't explain how stressful it is um you know unfortunately i would very strongly say that a lot of people are not financially literate um which means that they don't know what to do with their money uh they either spend it or they keep it in liquid cash or i mean i don't know people probably even keep hard cash um so financial literacy sucking really makes a big 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 problem when you freelance because you know one month you could probably earn 2x the next month you can earn negative 5x then the next month you can probably make you know 1.5x of whatever that x is whatever that standard amount is and uh, if you don't know how to manage your finances and you don't know what to do with your money you are causing a lot of trouble for yourself so uh, you know one of the things that i keep trying to kind of learn about is how do i manage my money better and how do i make my money make more money for me um, you know so like i think you know being i'm i wouldn't even say i'm a pro investor i honestly suck um, you know i i uh, kind of looked at it i think last month where i was comparing my income to the amount of investment i made and there was a very very big difference and uh, you know that's not always the safest to have everything lying in your bank account i mean lying in your bank account is dead money you rather put it into a liquid fund you know simple financial literacy like that is really really lacking so i think you know if you are a freelancer and you don't know how to kind of manage your money or what to do with your money um you know that can become a really big problem and then the last one is um uh, you know the one that i think stresses a lot of people out and this is something that can be curbed but it takes a lot of willpower um is to stop being an ex- excessive obsessive compulsive shopper because you know when you make a lot of money whatever it is you know you can you know tomorrow you could afford that audi that you've been looking at for 3 years but you know hey it's corona do you really need an audi or can you buy a you know cheap car you know like um or you know hey like you know you suddenly made a lot of money you know do you want to kind of you know let's just even like even down to a phone like should you spend like whatever 40 60 70 80 000 on a new phone that decision right is so easy when you're making good money that it actually becomes a really bad decision so um you know apart from financial literacy that is like financial literacy happens with money you have left over um, but if you are an excessive compulsive obsessive shopper you're not going to have any money left over to do anything financially literate with um so i think yeah i mean money is definitely a big 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 stressor in all shapes sizes and forms and uh, the next one is clients i mean um your first client will you know be your hardest uh, maybe your fifth one will be hard maybe your 10th one will be hard and uh, honestly i mean the reason that it is not always going to be a smooth sailing boat is uh, because you know at the end of the day when people work with freelancers uh they need to have a lot of trust in this person like they need to trust that tomorrow i'm going to pick up their call um you know something as simple as that i mean uh you know anything can happen right so they're placing a lot of trust in us and uh, you know it it's it gets harder and harder as you try and get bigger and bigger clients um you know so that's a natural progression for every freelancer like in 2020 if you were charging 5000 bucks for this deliverable in 2021 you should probably charge 10000 um and you know convincing that client to pay you 10000 or finding the client that will pay you 10000 can become a struggle so uh clients and money are two things that will always stress you out as a freelancer yeah so i've i've done freelancing in the past 
and i always feel like being a freelancer is like being a ceo right because you have to manage finances you also have to market yourself to uh, your prospective clients so there is marketing involved then you need to manage your day uh, because unlike going to office your hours are not fixed so there is this operations component and then sometimes you might have to delegate uh, stuff to other freelancers so there is hr involved so are there any particular tools that you use to make your life easier as freelancer oh oh my god thank god you asked this question um so the first one i would say is find a tool that works for you that can schedule your day um so i use trello and i use trello boards um so i have basically a card for every week and in that every day i go and i put in tasks and when i'm done at the end of the day i check them off uh, so find a tool i mean it could be notion it could be airtable it could be i don't know whatever works for you if excel works for you do it on excel um so find a kind of uh, day planner sort of a tool like trello um the second thing i would say is uh, get yourself a calendly i can't tell you how underrated that one link is it is absolutely insanely awesome um, so you know whenever i have client prospecting calls or uh, you know hey can we chat about something i just send them my calendly and they book it out and it is so 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 easy um, i mean there is the reason that calendly exists and we should definitely use it uh, so calendly would be my second uh my third one would be boomerang um it is a life saver so for example if you're prospecting a client or uh, say you know you sent out a sort of uh, uh, like maybe a brief on what services you can offer or something of that sort um and you know you'll generally forget if you haven't kind of listed it down somewhere you will definitely forget so what boomerang basically does is it acts in tandem with your gmail and uh, you can kind of set it to uh, kind of uh, uh, show up back on top of your inbox in say 3 days if it's not been opened or um, you know all of these things like, you know in case it's been opened but link has not been clicked then do this uh, so there are multiple things and it's a life savior like it is totally a life savior um so that is boomerang um and then the next one that i use is uh, pomodoro tracker it's basically a chrome extension um it came out because i realized that i was just constantly sitting for hours and hours and i never got up and moved around the house um you know when you get into like what you call deep work you forget that you know hey there is you know life outside your laptop uh, so what i do is it's basically what it does is it splits your time into 25 minute deep work 5 uh, minute breaks you can actually set how many breaks you want so i have like 3 5 minute or 10 minute breaks and then one long break which is for 20 30 minutes um so what that does is that it reminds me that a i need to get a glass of water b i need to get up and walk around um and c i need to give my time you know my eyes some time away from my laptop um so i use pomodoro like it's it's my life savior and then uh, the last one that i would say i mean i uh, i'm a very avid reader of online material um like i'm i'm not a book reader at all like i'd rather listen to a podcast or read an article or talk to someone or uh, just kind of read on linkedin so i'm a very digital first kind of a person so i have an extension on my chrome called zest uh, z e s t and what it is it's basically like a content curation platform that's tailored to you so every day in the morning before i start my work uh, i spend about like maybe 15 maybe 30 minutes and uh, kind of just look at what articles are kind of circulating and uh, see what's up in the industry and kind of learn a little bit every day so uh, zest as a chrome extension is definitely like a beautiful one to kind of start your day with yeah that's it and grammarly <laughs> grammarly is never to be forgotten <laughs> that is a life saver yeah 
So, uh, Vanchika, you know, during this conversation, we have touched upon personal branding quite a lot of times, right? Uh, and for freelancers, especially, it's very important because uh, you have to go out there looking for clients and you have to find the clients. So how useful is LinkedIn for freelancers? How should freelancers use LinkedIn to derive the most value out of it? To be very honest, like 100% of my leads either come on LinkedIn or through word of mouth. Um, I'm not on any other platform, be it Upwork, Fiverr, Freelance or any other platform. Um, I'm only on LinkedIn and WhatsApp and probably some Facebook groups, but I haven't gotten any business from Facebook. So that is proving to be unsuccessful. But uh, yeah, LinkedIn and WhatsApp is like my primary source. And uh I would say LinkedIn is a very, very strong channel. Uh, you know, you have to use it well to be able to reap the benefits. Uh, I can't tell you what use it well means. Um, you have to kind of figure that out for yourself. Um, so for me, I have found a happy kind of number based kind of system. Uh, so actually a funny story, but a couple of months ago, I realized that I was like excessively on LinkedIn and uh, kind of was just constantly on it as a place that I would go to. Um, so I kind of set up a, a, a regulation on my phone that I can't use LinkedIn for more than two hours. And I would say that I'm almost always turning that reminder off because I'm always on the platform. Um, so that being said, I think LinkedIn is a very powerful platform if you use it well. Um, you know, that's the that's the crux of it, right? If you don't use it well, um, you know, it will become just another platform where you go and you bullshit and, you know, you have fun. But if you mean business, you have to find your rhythm with it. So um, I spend about two hours on it every single day. Uh, I post content about say three to five times a week, depends how inspired I am. And uh, I comment on stuff very, very regularly. And uh, I've built my community from zero to 53,000 when I last checked. So um, it's a very organically built platform and uh, organically built community. And uh, I mean, so many opportunities come, uh, you know, to me just on my DMs and stuff. So um, I think you really need to put yourself out there. You need to give a lot of value. You need to kind of be the trusted source of information. You need to, uh, you know, build a community. I mean, building a community is awesome because uh, it helps you leverage other people's networks. Uh, so building a community on LinkedIn, personal brand, very, very, very helpful. I mean, everybody should do it. I mean, whether you're freelancing or working in, uh, at a company, uh, building a personal brand, building a community, building thought leadership, uh, very, very, very important, cannot be ignored and by any, any means. Um, also, that being said, like, you need to kind of uh, be very strategic about what you do on LinkedIn. So uh, what are the kind of people you're connecting with? Who are the people you're having conversations with? Um, how are you approaching these people? Um, you know, look at metrics such as like, you know, invite sent to invite accepted ratio, um, all of those kind of things. So LinkedIn is a very powerful platform for you to kind of jump off you just need to figure out how to use it well, how to really leverage it and how to kind of build a community around yourself that can turn into business. So I was, I was reading it somewhere that uh, you are planning to do something uh, for the freelancers, uh, but I couldn't really get on to what exactly is that. There's something about the special Thursdays. So why don't you put some light on that one, Chika? Oh man, this is so exciting. So, uh, so basically, I mean, I realized, uh, you know, when I started freelancing that uh, everybody loves the term like remote working, uh, you know, future of work, uh, you know, digital nomad and all of these funky buzzwords, right? But uh, if you go to any of these conference pages, right, they're all 
company people talking about all of these buzzwords in their context but there wasn't really a holistic uh, kind of put together well presented day long summit or conference or whatever for freelancers um so that is kind of something we are working on um i can't really divulge too much information um but that being said something big is happening in october of this year um you know i've been supported by like as of today i think we have like 16 or 18 freelancers and next thursday we're onboarding i think five or seven freelancers um to kind of complete the team and the kind of backbone of this entire event um so i'm really excited and uh, we're going to kind of release the name and uh, do a big gala sort of announcement that like hey this is what we are planning um next thursday so really excited to kind of put it together and uh, build a community and a stage for freelancers by freelancers um that is just the simple vision and mission so can't divulge too much about what's happening and what our plans are but uh, october 2020 is when it's planned where can people find more details about it because as you're saying by the next thursday the more information would be out uh first le- let all our listeners know where they can connect with you yes and second where can they find more information about this summit so my first hope and dream would be that you find out about it on your news feed because we'll have 20 plus people posting about it uh so that would be my dream that you find it organically and get curious and ask us what's happening uh if not you can definitely go to my profile on linkedin uh vanshika mehta um and yeah i i would probably post about it on thursday or friday um and yeah i mean 20 other people or so will be posting about it so i hope your news feed is flooded with this and you only hear and see this over the weekend that is the goal amazing yeah that's like seeing that's like seeing the white hat junior uh, advertisements on my facebook wall right <laughs> yes yes ideally that's what should happen i mean all of us have fairly strong communities so i mean if each of us can even reach out to like say 10000 people that's like 10000 into 20 people that's a lot of people uh, so yeah we're hoping that uh, yeah we're going to cause a big bang on either thursday or friday and uh, kind of at least release some part of some information about this event on that day a lot of good wishes to you vanchika for this Thank upcoming you. event of yours thank you so much before we end this uh, wonderful episode of the remote explorers podcast there's one question that we asked almost all the guests that come here uh, is that how do you see this remote work culture evolving over the next coming years how do you see this uh, changing the way people would work now and live and live yeah and totally and live yes i definitely think we're at the very nascent stages and it's only going to get bigger and better because um now you know like the world has changed the way it works and you know work doesn't mean sit in an office and an office desk and you know it it doesn't mean anything of that anymore so i really think remote working be it if you're in a full time job or freelance um is really really going to pick up i mean if amazon and google and twitter and all of these big companies can like shut down their offices for another year like there's nothing that can kind of convince me that your office can't um and that being said i really hope that people use this to their benefit um you know remote working gives you a little bit of flexibility to kind of maybe you know take up side projects or take up you know something relation to your passion you know you want to learn guitaring you know and you have a class 4 to 5 you know your manager should be okay with you taking that goddamn class like you know you want to learn guitar you go for it i mean how does it matter in the grand scheme of things is the question 
um so i really think it's going to pick up i mean um you know like uh, mayur is in goa and you know we were talking about co-working in goa and working out of goa um yeah people should definitely travel live work i mean work when you have to you have a laptop and you have internet and uh, you know hey you're in goa man party it up who's going to know uh just log into your slack and zoom at 9 am and you're all good to go um just yeah just make an excuse say your camera is not working and yeah you're all good to go man like you should live your best life and use this opportunity to the best possible way that you can live your best life is yeah. the one of the wifi passwords here uh, <laughs> but you can access it only when you come to nomadgov so please be at nomadgov to access the wifi I will definitely come because you know I would love to work in Goa and chill and not just be stuck in a room and you know it's it's a totally different experience I mean people should really use this to their benefit I mean you have a laptop you have internet that's it that's all you need uh, you know go work from anywhere it doesn't matter anymore This is a wonderful opportunity for everyone to just redefine the way they see their life. Like work and and play can be done together all the time and this is uh, the platform that everybody needs remote working. Yeah, I would I would definitely double down on that. I mean, uh, there's nothing stopping you from making your work life and play happen in whatever order and yeah. you know, sync that you want it to happen in. Yeah. Awesome Manchika, thank you so much for joining us today on this wonderful episode of the Remote Explorers podcast. The in the podcast here we we talk to people, we talk to thought leaders who are driving the forces of remote working to have unconventional experiences in their own lives and the lives of the others. Uh thank you Manchika, it was wonderful talking to you today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I mean I think you guys did a lot of good research on me so thanks for asking really relevant and uh, interesting questions that opened up uh, into a lot of conversations we had uh, super super happy to be on the show and I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode and hopefully inspiring other people to jump freelance um, or remote or a combination of the two um, and you know kind of use this as the catalyst to make that change for themselves <laughs>